What's up, my confidence queens? Are you ready to feel confident as fuck? I'm your host, the confidence queen herself, Alicia Lechuga, and I am your confidence bestie. I went from trying to shrink my body in order to find happiness and approval to finally letting go of dieting, others' opinions, and inspiring hundreds of women along the way. This podcast is all about confidence, living unapologetically as yourself daily, and ultimate self-love. This is Confident as Fuck. Okay, let's do it. Welcome back to Confident as Fuck. I am here with Katie, the creatress. I am so excited to talk to her today. We are going to talk about all things femininity and fertility because she is a femininity and fertility educator. She helps women heal their relationship to their womanhood and ignite fertility in their body and soul to birth a life conceived by their inner wisdom and magic. I'm so excited to talk to her today because obviously you guys know this is mostly a women's podcast. So I'm so excited to talk about all things womanhood and we're going to get into it. So I actually met Katie through the DMs. We just connected online and yeah, I can't wait to have her. So everybody welcome Katie to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes. I'm so excited to get into it. So tell us in your own words, what do you do? How did you get into this work? What are you? Who is Katie? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I could throw in like so many different words and labels, but when it comes to my work, I'm a womb manifestation and spiritual fertility expert. So I've narrowed it down from just like femininity and fertility, because obviously there are so many different topics that we can cover in those realms. And I actually didn't start off in the coaching space. So originally I was in college for dance and I thought dance was like the thing. I thought it was going to be like my whole career, but I realized that the industry just wasn't for me and college wasn't for me either. I was like the girl that was like, you know what? I'm going to sit outside today, listen to the birds. I'm going to write in my journal here. I was like, yeah, this isn't working out. And then I came across an intuitive reader on Instagram. She was actually someone who was connected to a dancer that I knew in my area. And I was really curious about it. And I always had an interest in spirituality and the spiritual space in general, especially manifestation. So I got an intuitive reading. And from there, I was completely hooked. And I started to learn how to tap into my intuition. I started to get back into manifestation because I actually found out about it when I was a very young teenager. I had like my first crush and I went on Google, like down a rabbit hole, like how do I make so-and-so like me? And that's how I came across manifestation. But I started to actually learn about it and actually dive deeper into it. And I found that I had a natural gift for connecting with people's unborn children. And that's still a major part of my work today. While I was learning how to tap into my intuition, I was also healing some chronic conditions that I had relating to my womanhood and my feminine biology. So I was healing painful periods and I was healing vaginismus which is a condition where the muscles in the vagina and the pelvic floor are chronically tense. And that had a really big effect on my romantic life and intimacy. 
So I started to heal both of those things. And I noticed that as I was healing those things, manifestation started to come in quicker. I felt more in tune with my body and my intuition. And it felt like I was cracked open to something new. I just felt a level of connection in mind, body, and spirit that I hadn't felt before. And so I started to observe what was happening as I was expanding in terms of manifestations coming in quicker the more that I healed my womanhood. And I started to channel practices where I incorporated my womb into my manifestation process. And I started to notice that using my womb was causing quantum leaps to occur in my life. Like things that I was trying to manifest for months on end were happening in two weeks, like two weeks at a time. And so that is what really sparked me to really niche into this work and to also bridge those gaps between the spiritual and the physical. Because as women, we often don't realize how much power we have, not just in our overall body, but also our womb. So I help women to get in tune with their bodies, with their feminine biology, and then to activate it to call in their desires. Wow. Okay. I feel like this is kind of on the same track as I talked to um, like a pleasure expert last week. Um, So it kind of goes right along with that as well, I feel like. So we're going to get into like everything um, because I feel like there's a lot to uncover and a lot of questions that I'm sure a lot of people are going to have. So, but before we do that, let's do a little like weekly fave and then let's get into the meat of it. So um, do you have a weekly fave, something that you've been loving this week? Yes, I have been learning a lot about color theory, which is basically learning about colors that like emphasize your skin tone um, and makeup and clothing and that type of thing. So there are, it goes off of the four seasons, so spring, summer, fall, and autumn. And then there are subcategories and based on like the tone of your eyes and your hair and everything, there's a certain season that you fall into. So I've recently figured out mine, like I went really deep into it. Um, So that's been really fun because I love playing around with like clothes and dressing up and my makeup. So that's been really fun. And it's also given me a huge confidence boost because now I know like what illuminates me both on the inside and out. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so funny. Like different colors look so good on different people. And then certain colors you're like, Oh, like not, not highlighting my best features, you know, like I just was looking for, um, a blazer, like a pink blazer is what I've been like on the hunt for. And online, I get this blazer online looks beautiful. Like the color looks beautiful on the model. I get it. And I'm like, it is literally like the worst shade of pink on me. And I'm, um, as I was looking back at the model, cause I'm like, was she much tanner or like, did she, I think she just probably had a different undertone mm-hmm. in her skin. Cause she wasn't much, you know, I'm pretty fair. So of course that's like my go-to. I'm like, okay, I'm obviously just way too pale for this, but, um, yeah, it was like so interesting. The tone of pink was just so wrong for me. And it's just like, it, 
it really can be so different as just as like an undertone in the color, you know, like a blue undertone, a brown undertone, red, whatever it is. So I love diving into that stuff too. Yeah. And I have olive skin. So I was like, wait, I could be a cool undertone. I could be a warm undertone, but the olive could just like throw that off completely. I thought I was, um, it's called a dark winter where basically like darker, richer colors look better on you and they do look okay on me. But then I realized like with the olive skin, wearing brighter colors is actually more suitable for me. So that was like a huge aha moment. Where did you do like this research on this? Just like through YouTube or... So it's funny. I actually, I was on YouTube and a video popped up randomly of a girl who got like a color theory analysis. And from there, I was just like, oh, this is interesting. And I was watching like YouTube videos, TikTok videos and learning about it that way. Okay, cool. Yeah. I actually got a color theory video um, on Instagram last week, but it was about like color blocking uh, or yeah, like color theory in your clothes, but not related to you, I think it was related to the, like the clothing itself, like, um, using like the opposite colors on the color wheel together and highlighting or whatever anyways. And I was like, so intrigued by it too, because I'm always like trying to like, kind of step out of my fashion, um, you know, box and push the edges just a little bit, you know, and start, I'm also like, speaking of womanhood, I'm like, the year I turned 32, which is the, was last year, is the year I feel like I became an actual woman where I like I'm wearing like more like womanly clothes versus like, you know, um, I'm like today's not a great example, but <laughs> I'm wearing like, um, you know, like I'm dressing like nicer, higher quality versus like fast fashion. And um, so I'm always trying to kind of like experiment with that now as I'm like getting older and like wanting to invest more in clothes. I've been like more interested in like kind of pushing the edges, but with quality pieces, you know? So I've been, re- I was really intrigued by that video. So it's funny that you brought that up mm-hmm. and you were saying that that was kind of like your confidence piece for the week too. Is that right? Yeah, it was that. And actually I started waking up at like 5am, which was a huge change for me. Um, I haven't done that in like a really long time, but it's provided a sense of calmness to my nervous system that I wasn't getting before. And I think like, it's easy to put stigmas around like, oh my gosh, I have to wake up so early. Waking up early sucks. But when I started doing it, I was actually feeling better and my brain even feels like sharper and more clear. So that's also like my little confidence piece for the week. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Like I feel the same way about waking up early. Like I don't, I actually love sleeping, but, um, like I could sleep from probably like 9am or 9pm to 9am, but getting up early does provide me a lot more like serene, like calmness, not only in the morning, but throughout my entire day, because Mm -hmm. I'm also a very like scheduled person. And you may be this way too. And anybody listening, you guys know, I've mentioned this a thousand times on the podcast is that like getting up late, no matter what time it is, no matter if it's like 8am, 7am, or if it's 10am, if I get up later than I wanted to, I feel this sense of like anxiety and in this sense of like, I'm behind 
already, like immediately when I wake up. And that is the worst way to enter your day. Like already high anxiety levels already like, okay, I'm not a, not good enough. Not, you know, I'm behind. Like it just sets you up for a host of a bad day. So I love that, that that's your favorite or that's your confidence. Sorry. Yeah. I love that. We are super early birds too. Anybody, um, like knows us. We're like 4 AMers. So waking up early is imperative for me to have a good day. I mean, I think like, like it's not for everyone. Like everyone has their own, um, you know, sleep schedules and ways that they like to do things. But I was actually like genuinely surprised by like how calm I felt in my body from waking up just a couple of hours earlier. What was your normal wake up time before you started doing the 5 a.m.? It was like 7 a.m., 7.30-ish. Yeah. So that's a big difference. Yeah. Even just like the two hour difference, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just have so much time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then you can like, this is always my first like recommendation to clients when they're like, you know, oh, I don't, I don't have time to journal or do like a more little small morning practice. Even if it's five minutes, like I'm rushing. I always say like, if you're the first one up in your house, you have that time and you like, it is so precious. And even if it's just like waking up five minutes before your kids or waking up five minutes before your husband, or even waking up at the same time, but like setting aside time, you know, so you're not rushed. Like that is so crucial. I feel like to not only setting up for a good day, but feeling within yourself. And that's like where everything starts. So I love that. Um, excuse me. My coffee is like giving me a little bit of, uh, a little bit of, um, hiccups. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is I haven't shared a weekly fave with you guys in a long time. And I want to share one this week because I have been completely obsessed with it and I'll link it down below for you guys. It is a rice cooker and it's pink. Um, and it's mini, so it only makes like a cup and a half of rice at a time, but I actually really like that because I don't have to get a ton of rice. So I just had to tell you guys. So it's down below in the Amazon storefront for you guys. I'm obsessed with this like little mini rice cooker. It doesn't take up a ton of room on the counter. I can throw it underneath the, um, underneath the counter. Cause I'm not, I hate things on the counter. So just had to share that with you guys. Since I haven't shared a weekly fave in a really long time, I'm obsessed with this little rice cooker. I'm going to have to check that out too. Cause every time I make rice, I make way too much. It, it's so hard then, not to. Yeah. And then I have like rice for a week and I'm like, what do I do with this? And then I end up looking up recipes of like how to make rice pudding or this rice <laughs> recipe. And it's just like too much and you don't know what to do with it. So I'm going to check that out too. Yeah. And like rice was really hard for me to learn how to cook. I've gotten much better at it over the years, but like it's easy to mess up rice too. I mean, mm-hmm. I never cooked rice growing up. I mean, we had probably like the one that in the bag that you throw in the boiling water is probably or rice aroni. Um, and so making like actual rice, um, Renee tried to teach me how, my husband tried to teach me how for years, but he's made it his whole life with his mom. They don't measure, they just eyeball. I'm like, <laughs> I cannot do that. So um the rice cooker i think is so good for kind of like foolproof rice i'm huge on like cooking too so like 
Yeah, anything that's like help, I'll look into. And it's funny that you mentioned like eyeballing things versus measuring things because I like to eyeball too. And then my boyfriend will be like, no, you have to measure it. You have to measure it. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. I got this. (laughs) I don't measure anything in the kitchen, but rice, I have to measure because I don't know how to cook it. Um, Like I don't know the ratios very well. So that's, I think, what another reason why it throws me off. Cause usually I am an eyeball cooker, you know, like I'm throwing in stuff all the time. So, like with rice, though, I can't do that. So, um, this rice cooker too has a really cool thing where, like, it just has one button, like a warm button. So, like, right when you plug it in, it turns it on warm. And then it has you switch the button, like, it's like a little toggle. You toggle it to on. And if it is, um, once you put the rice in and you put it on, you toggle it down, it won't actually turn to the on button until um, there's actually like weight in it. Like it's um, a sensor. And then when the rice, like I've sometimes I've forgotten about it. So it doesn't have a timer. Sometimes I've forgotten about the rice and it automatically like senses it somehow and turns it back on to warm. So it really is like, you cannot mess it up. I feel like in the rice cooker, especially this one, I don't know about other ones, but yeah, I'll link it for you guys. It's I'm obsessed. So, um, okay, let's get into it. Are you ready? Let's do the meat of the podcast. The first thing that I want to like really dive into, because this is the first question that came up for me is, can you kind of like define and explain to us womb? Because I think when you first, when I first like was exploring your page and when I was first like talking to you in the DMS, I was like, okay, womb to me, because I don't have kids meant like, um, like vagina, like, um, you know, like that area. But then as I was like watching more of your stuff, I was thinking, okay, maybe womb also incorporates like our gut, our feeling our like, and you mentioned somatic stuff in your, um, in your questionnaire. So I was like, okay, maybe it's more of like a, um, like the womb is like a center for holding things like traumas or all those things. Like I know that gets stored in our hips and our pelvis. So explain to us and to me, what exactly is womb in your definition? So physically, when I define womb, I'm thinking of the ovaries, the fallopian tubes and the uterus. So that whole area is what I'm thinking of and visualizing in the physical sense when I use the word womb. In an energetic sense, I'm talking about a literal portal in our body that brings energetic life into the physical and not just human life, but also the 3D existence of traumas, desires, emotions, whatever it is. And so in terms of like the somatic work that I mentioned in the bio, When we do somatic work with the womb, we are releasing essentially things that have been built up. A lot of traumas can be stored in our womb, and especially during the time of our menstruation and our periods, that is where our emotions will come to physical fruition. We will feel that in our body through different PMS symptoms. So, for example, if there was any anger or sadness that we felt throughout the month or that we didn't release, 
it'll show up during our periods. And this essentially in an energetic sense is our womb saying, hey, there's something here that's blocked up. It hasn't been released. And I'm now letting you know that it is here and that it wants to come out. And our periods as well are a physical representation of a release every single month. Every month we have four phases of our cycle. And they can also, they're also known as our four inner seasons. So our menstruation is known as our inner winter. So this is the time where we are releasing and shedding. And then we have our follicular phase, which is known as our inner spring. And this is when the follicles around the eggs in our ovaries are beginning to strengthen. Then we move into ovulation, which is our inner summer, where we release an egg and our uterus is prepping to create new life. And then we move into the luteal phase. Some people say luteal, luteal, doesn't matter really. Um, And that's our inner autumn. And that's where the body is like, okay, there hasn't been a conception. Let's start to break down. So you can kind of think of it too, in the literal sense of autumn, where the leaves start to fall and the colors start to change. So it's very in alignment with our external surroundings as well. So our womb isn't just this area of our body that is there and functioning. It's working in conjunction with the seasons, with the moon, with our emotions. And so it's a very, um, it's a holistic experience of mind, body, and spirit. That is such a great way to describe it. Like that really made it so easy for me to visualize because I've been seeing all this stuff online about um, syncing like your food and also your exercise routines and just everything to your cycle. And it makes so much sense, but it is so much to try to digest when you're like, okay, I don't know where to start. So I actually mentioned this on another podcast and I was like, I don't even know where to start with that. Like I need to have somebody come on the podcast and explain it to me. Um, So that's a great, easy way for people to visualize it. And it makes so much sense. So when you're talking about the womb and like how that's storing our emotions and our energy, like you were saying, how do we know if we have that stored up? I know you mentioned that you had some physical like representations of like, um, I forgot the word that you used to describe it, um, like where your um, air, your vaginal walls were like tight or always tense. How did you know that that happened? Was it like you went to the doctor and how can someone else know that that's happening to them or maybe mm-hmm. that they need to get that checked? Yeah, so that was actually um, a separate experience to healing painful periods. So I had both of those going on at the same time, but they weren't related to one another. And I basically only knew once I started becoming intimate, because I noticed that as things continued on, um, you know, with different partners and in my current relationship, that there was pain, there was discomfort, there was anxiety, my whole body was just tense. And I knew that wasn't normal. I knew deep down, like, there's more to this. I'm sure this isn't what it's all meant to be. And 
And I started to try to find solutions on like Google, Instagram. And I was also following people who were teaching about this work. And that was definitely a huge help. And so I actually came across Yoni Pleasure Palace, and I'm an affiliate with them now. But I found their products, and I was hearing about women who used them, which helped them to release the tension in their pelvic floor and in their yoni. And so I got some of those products. They sat in my drawer for months on end. I didn't touch them, not once. And then I reached a point where I had a really bad intimate experience and I was like, okay, enough is enough. We have to find a way. And for a while, I was leading myself through the process of healing, which I do not recommend by any means. I could have healed it a thousand times quicker if I had support, but I was trying to listen to my body. And that was a very new experience for me because I was so used to just being familiar with what my body was already doing rather than listening to another part of my brain that was able to guide me. So for example, I would have like a lot of anxiety attacks when it came to penetration. And for a long time, I kept listening to that instead of listening to the part of my brain that was saying, there is no threat present here and we don't need to go into a fight or flight response. And so I started to use my breath and I was noticing how my breath was helping me to relax and overcome that anxiety too. And then things snowballed. I was learning more and more about my own feminine energy, I started to combine it all together. And I did end up going to a doctor that confirmed what I had after doing the self-discovery. So with all that combined, it was a very slow process. But it showed me that as humans, we are adaptable, and that we can change and we can evolve. And with the condition that I had, there was underlying trauma to it that I did end up healing. And when it comes to that trauma healing piece, there can be some things that we take action on that we don't realize have a huge effect on us. So when it came to romance and intimacy, there was a period of time where I made some bad decisions that played into that condition only getting worse because not only was the physical experience happening, but now it was more emotional. And I think also taking personal responsibility for something that is happening, it doesn't lessen the pain of any trauma. It actually helps us to bring our power back. So throughout my healing experience, while there was a trauma that was underlying that I that I then healed, me taking personal responsibility does not mean what happened was, or sorry, it doesn't mean what happened wasn't bad or wasn't harmful or any of those things. It's actually us saying, you know what, my body is adaptable. My body can learn something different, and I'm now taking the actions to make that thing different. 
it's very easy when we have like a chronic condition or pain, discomfort, whatever it is to say, this is just the way that things are, but it's actually not. And now having these new experiences with my romantic relationship and an intimacy where things are very comfortable and pleasurable, I have full belief in the fact that we can rewire our bodies. And so for anyone listening to this who is going through the same experience, I would start with just looking at how did I get here and recognizing that it can change. Totally. Um, I want to go into the trauma piece and just ask like for anyone that's listening, right? When we're talking about trauma and we're talking about trauma being stored um, in our womb and like in sexual experiences, having those traumas attached, do you think that those traumas can be either sexual traumas or non-sexual traumas that can still be attached to that, um, like a sexual experience, like you were saying, like how you were having like anxiousness around penetration. I want to just ask if it can only be sexual traumas or can it be other traumas that we then attach to that? Yeah, it can definitely be other traumas too. And the way that I like to think about it is um sometimes when we have stress throughout the day or even if you just have stress in one area of life we can hold that tension in any area of our body so maybe you're like oh my shoulder feels tense or maybe your thigh is tense the same thing can happen with the womb and but then it can easily suck that in right because the womb is it's how well, the majority of us got here, right? And I say majority, not all, because with all the technological advancements that we are making, conception can happen in, that's why I say majority, but the, ma- the majority of us were brought here by a womb. And the majority of us women have a womb that is also capable of doing the same thing of bringing life in again whether that is human life or the life of our desires so any trauma that we go through can be attached to our womb or different areas of the body it's very individual so while one person may take in a trauma in their gut another person might take it into their their head right maybe they have like headaches migraines things like that so It doesn't really matter what type of trauma it is. It can be taken in into the womb. Yeah, I love that. I'm I'm so happy that you said that answer because I'm that's my opinion. Um, you know, I mentioned this on the podcast a lot too, but when I went to acupuncture for the first time, um, he was like, the issues are in the tissues. And I always think about that, right? Like we take those traumas and we store them within our body. But it doesn't have to be a sexual trauma in order to be stored and then related to being tense during sexual intercourse, um, whether it's penetration or not. And even last week, we were talking to um, to Fanny, Dr. Fanny, and she was saying how um, that if we're not able to release in a sexual experience, um, either with ourselves or with others, 
we're not able to sexually release, then we most likely are not able to physically release or release control in other areas of our life. And so I think it, just like we were talking about earlier, like it's a holistic experience, right? And so I think that that is really something that to note for anybody listening that even if you're like, okay, well, I never had a sexual trauma growing up, like nothing ever happened to me, you know, and I think I did that for a really long time. I was like, no, like I had a great childhood, like nothing happened. Like, you know, we want to dissociate, right? But it doesn't have to be a sexual trauma in order to affect you in a sexual manner. So I love that you said that. I want to also ask you about your, you mentioned um, being able to like connect with people's unborn babies. So, and then you mentioned it in your bio, a spirit birth medium. So can you kind of explain what that is and how, how you realized that that happened? Sure. So when I was diving into learning more about intuition, I was practicing with Oracle cards a lot. I, I was doing Oracle card readings for maybe like a couple of hours a day. Uh, I would just go like down a rabbit hole of asking one question and then looking into another thing. And I had this random thought of like, oh, what would it be like if I connected with my future children? And then I started to experiment with that and I would try out little experiments like, okay, if you are here in my energy, send me a white butterfly within the next 24 hours and it would happen. So synchronicities like that started to line up and I fell in love with it. And then I started to first offer it through email readings to do readings for other people and their unborn children. And the feedback I was getting just gave me like goosebumps. People saying, oh my gosh, there's no way you could have known about XYZ or a name would come through in the reading and they would be like, oh my gosh, I know so-and-so with this name or that's a name that I really love. And so then it kind of picked up from, from there. Wow. That is crazy. Um, I actually had on somebody who is an Akashic record reader reader before. So do you utilize anything like Akashic records or any other like uh, modality when you did that, or just like Oracle cards and just like your own intuition? I was using Oracle cards and my own intuition and now I like to stick to using my own intuition and I'll also incorporate other practices like um, journaling or I'm trying to think of some past life regression. And I have all that in my spirit baby course too, where I break down all the practices and teach them. So I like to incorporate all of them. And I'll also tap in like before I do reading for someone else, I'll tune in and be like, okay what's the energy of the spirit baby? How do they like to communicate? And then I'll go from there because spirit babies have like such unique personalities and they all like to communicate in different ways. So I'll make sure to tune into that too, before going into a reading. I love that. Love that. Do you ever do like, um, like multiple people in a reading or do you have to do it like one-on-one? Um, so I actually have not had the chance to do multiple people in a reading. Um, I've only done one at a time so far up until this point. And I do think that's a very effective way of intuitive reading 
because when you have more than one person, sometimes it can get a little jumbled together when there's a lot of information coming through. I have done um, like group readings and individual readings in a group setting, but with multiple people at a time, I think that it's much more effective to break up the information so that way nothing is getting like pieced together because information can come through really quickly through our intuition and then sometimes it's like okay where does that piece of information go where does that go and it's kind of like a puzzle so I do enjoy doing um one-on-one readings at a time love that I was just wondering because when I did um Batty Girls Club which is like a six-month program the last time that I ran it the two women that were in there were both wanting to get pregnant. Like both of them had this huge desire to get pregnant and they were very, um, that was a huge part of, of the program was releasing like this fear that we wouldn't get pregnant or this fear that, um, it's going to be our fault and like all this, all this stuff that gets attached to it. Um, and, both of those women are now in my membership, um, where we meet every single week. So I'm like, maybe I need to have you come in and do like a reading for them or something like that. Um, because I know that that is such a, I know as women, we can take that on so heavily and just watching them through, you know, we've been together, I think like eight months now, maybe even nine. And it's, um, it's something that I don't like, I don't have much experience in except for, the release of the, um, you know, it being our fault and the unworthiness and like that, all those attachments, but not with the, obviously I'm not an intuitive, uh, spirit guide. So, um, that would be something that would be super interesting. So I'm going to, um, connect with you on that and see what we can do, because I think that would be so helpful for them. Yeah, that would be really fun. And also like, even when heavy things come up in readings, spirit babies are just so open and so honest that the readings are fun and I think just having that connection as well and knowing that their consciousness is here and they exist right here right now provides that element of calmness and safety because with releasing um like some of the things that you were talking about that's amazing for the womb and amazing for the body. But when we have the chance to actually connect with the soul of a future child, it kind of makes it all real. And I definitely love like seeing the faces of people when they're like, oh my gosh, that resonates so deeply. So yeah, we'll have to connect more on that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I've been really loving like bringing more experts into my programs so that it can be more effective for my clients because, you know, we all have our own creative zones of genius, but we don't have all of them. Right. So I love bringing in other people so that it can just be a more well-rounded experience for the client and they can really get more out of just one program instead of having to work with multiple, multiple coaches over a long period of time, just like you were explaining in your journey, how when you were doing it on your own, like it was so long and I can definitely relate to that too. I'm like, that is exactly, I know every coach says this, but th that's exactly why I do the work that I do because I know being on your own, it's like, oh my gosh, like when is this going to happen? Or you don't really know, you don't have that confirmation or the, you know, um, the support to say like, keep going, push forward. You know, you are really your own support system or, you know, if you have a partner that is supportive of you as well, or a really close friend, 
great, but it's not the same as having a coach. So I want to talk about um, how you do that in your work through, I know you mentioned your um, spirit baby program, but you also have the creatress program. So what does that look like? And what do you do in that? So the great thing about the creators is I've decided to leave it open for enrollment all the time. So when everyone, when anyone feels called, they can just jump right into the content and it's self-paced. So we start with learning how to use our intuition through our womb, because a lot of women today do feel disconnected from their bodies and they want to feel that sense of clarity again. So we start with that and then we move into learning about our menstrual cycle and our hormones. So for any woman who is having PMS symptoms like cramps or maybe you're having irregularity, this is like the key piece as well for finding that sense of bliss in the body because we don't have to struggle every single month when we're on our period. So the second module walks you step-by-step both through the science of our hormones and the spiritual side of our menstrual cycle. And then from there, we move into the manifestation piece. So we spent, um, there's actually three beginning modules. There's the one where the first one where we dive into learning more about our feminine energy and then we go into the intuition process and learning about our menstrual cycle so we spend those three really learning how to just demolish and take down anything that we thought we knew about our womb and our femininity So we tear down the old foundation and we get started to build a new one and we move into learning how to build a relationship with the universe and how to use our womb and our femininity to manifest. And I want to mention this because I get this question a lot if it's similar to like sex magic or using pleasure practices to manifest. It's completely different. So whereas pleasure manifestation, manifesting through pleasure is using like that very sensual romantic energy. Manifesting with our womb is more so about using the essence of procreation. And when we think of that word a lot, we tend to only think of bringing human children into the world. And our womb does 100% do that. However, our womb can also create the life of our desires so to break down the program because i know i gave like a bunch of details we start with breaking down the old foundation learning about our hormones getting connected to our body again and then being able to utilize our feminine biology to call in and manifest our desires so all those modules are self-paced and we have quarterly live calls So once you enroll into the program, it's not just you go through the content and boom, you're done. We get to grow together and the program is continuing to grow as we have quarterly calls and dive in more. So it also provides that element of like long-term commitment and long-term growth in your feminine body. I love that. I love that you also 
are like really mentioning that our periods are connected and how, you know, how our periods are, um, whether it's like really intense or um, it's not, or we have a lot of period symptoms, how those are connected to ourselves and how we feel and our energy, because I truly, truly believe that Um, truly like it's, it's something that I didn't really realize until I started healing that it was so connected. And now I know like when I have a really, really hard period, I'm like, okay, something is off. Like I know that I'm really stressing about this or like, I'm really not in tune with this or that. And it's just like, I think that a lot of people don't recognize that and don't see that. And so I love the fact of like tearing down the old foundation and rebuilding because that really is where everything starts, right? In order to start this new process or this new way of thinking, whether it's with something like this or it's with diet or it's with um, our body, like in general, the way it feels, the weight we have, confidence, all those things, we have to really like remove first in order to build that new foundation up. And so I love that you start there. Um, And then how can people get into this program? So you can firstly go to my website, katiethecreatress.podia.com. So podia is P-O-D-I-A and then .com. And then from there, you can click on the Creatress program. And there's also a three-day free trial option. So if you're like, I don't know if this is the right program for me, you can dive in for free for three days and look through the content. And then if you decide that you want to enroll, then you can fully enroll. But all the details for the program are on that page. Perfect. And I'll have that linked for you guys down below as well. So you guys can check that out. I think anybody who's going through their confidence journey, self-love journey, like definitely it could benefit from that because like we were saying throughout this whole episode, and I feel like I say in every episode, like everything is everything. It is all connected. Holistic journey is the way to go. So definitely, definitely check that out if you guys have not already. Um, And I'll have everything for not only the program, but for everything for Katie linked down below so that you guys can check her out as well. Um, Let's do a little rapid fire unless there's (coughs) something else that you want to touch on before we do so. I'm ready for the rapid fire. I'm kind of nervous about it, but I'm ready for it. It's super easy. It's like super easy, cheesy questions. Um, and it's never rapid because <laughs> I like to talk. So, um, okay, let's start with what is your favorite food? Chocolate. Mm. That was an easy one. <laughs> Are you like a dark chocolate, white chocolate, milk chocolate? I'm dark cho- chocolate all day long. And I'm also one of those crazy people who will eat like that 99% cocoa dark chocolate. Me too. I gave it to my little sister one time and she looks like her face. I, I will always remember that she could not stand it. That was like one of the, the funniest moments ever that I have. Like when I think of chocolate, I think of that. That's so funny. I'm that person too. Like I love dark chocolate, like the darker, the better. I love that like bitter taste of chocolate. So I love that too. Um, What is your coffee order, your go-to coffee order? Do you drink coffee or do you drink like tea? What is your coffee order? I'm a tea drinker. Um, How I did I know? I don't drink coffee <laughs> one because I'm really sensitive to the caffeine and <laughs> And two, caffeine is not good for our period. So actually 
um, causes more inflammation. So that's another reason why I avoid it. So I'm a tea drinker. I really love chamomile tea. And I also got, um, it was from Target. It's chamomile lavender tea. And that's been like my go-to in the mornings. And I also really love like fruity herbal teas. So like apple, blueberry, like that's my jam. Love that. Love that. I try to be a tea drinker, but I'm more of a coffee drinker, but I do love tea. Um, especially when I'm like sick, I love that type of like hot, hot tea with lemon. So good. Um, do you drink alcohol? I'm a guess I'm going to, I feel like now that I ask these rapid fire questions to everyone, I can like almost pick their answer. Sometimes I feel like you're not an alcohol drinker, but correct me if I'm wrong. I would say occasionally. So like, well, I recently turned 21 in September, so you could still like consider that I'm a little bit new to alcohol. I waited until I was 21 to like try anything. Um, and the one thing that I really love, it's actually local to my area. It's called Jersey Red, red wine that I love every other like wine that I've tried. I haven't liked it. I've tried like a margarita a couple times, spat that out. <laughs> um, I was like in the restaurant trying so hard to like not make a scene. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm a red wine type of girl on the weekends or like a couple times a week. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. I like that. I feel like ever since I've been doing the podcast, um, everyone I ask, I, so I would say like 90% of people don't drink alcohol and I think it has a huge, um, it's like synonymous to people going through their like spiritual or self-love journey that people drink less because I feel like everyone that I have on the podcast has gone through some type of like spiritual or self-love journey already. And a lot of them don't drink alcohol anymore, or they drink very, very, um, light amounts. So love that. Um, what is your candy that you're going to bring to the movies or if it's not candy, like what type of, what snack are you bringing to the movies? I haven't had these in a really long time, but I would probably bring junior mints, like those chocolate minty candy things. And, um, the first time I had those in the movie theater, it was when I was like 11 or 12 and we did like a school trip to the movie theater to watch, um, I think it was a hunger games movie that came out. And I remember there was a scene where the screen just like boomed and I spilled all the junior mints all over the place. So from that point forward, that's my go-to. It's like the memories that I have around these things are what make me love them so much. Like with chocolate, junior mints, whatever it is, because I think of it and I have like all these really funny memories come up. Yeah. That's so funny. I love junior mints too. And I don't think we've ever gotten that answer. Usually it's like chocolate popcorn or like gummy candies that I do love a junior mint for sure. What is your best Amazon purchase of this month? My best Amazon purchase. I'll have to think about it. Okay. I know. So I ordered, it's called butterfly pea powder. And they call it like the blue matcha. And I didn't know about this until like a couple of months ago. I went to a local cafe and 
they had like a new drink with it in like their um it's kind of like a latte style drink but it's caffeine free and I loved it <laughs> so I went on Amazon and bought that and I've been making that recently at home what is it um does it have energy in it because you called it a blue matcha so is it like energy does it come from butterfly butterflies so it comes from a plant called butterfly pea. So it's like a blue flower and um, it's really great for like the womb and libido and your heart. So it does provide like an energy boost, just like matcha would, but it's completely caffeine free. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to link one down below for you guys. I'll get the one that Katie suggests. I'll put it down below for you guys as well in the show notes so that you guys can check that out too. I actually ran across somebody on Reels that was making like a um like a powder, like an adaptogen powder and I feel like she might have mentioned that in her adaptogen powder as well cuz it was for like libido and um period easing and that type of stuff. So I'm going to link that for you guys because I find like that really interesting is that like adaptogens and all that type of stuff. Um, I've recently been taking lion's mane and um, ashwagandha, like in my oatmeal in the morning. And I feel like that has made such the difference in my mood. It is literally insane. Like I didn't really put it together because it's just in this like vanilla powder um, called like mood boost, but I really didn't like think about it. I just used it because I wasn't wanting to use like sugar or like, um, you know, like a alternative sweetener. And it, it is insane how much it really has improved my mood. Like even over the, like just a week, I was like, oh, okay. Like adaptogens are really crazy. I feel like it's such a, such an unexplored world that needs more exploring for sure. Even th for myself. Um, do you experiment with like any other adaptogens? I'm an adaptogen junkie. I love adaptogens. I have like a whole cabinet full of like adaptogen teas and stuff. Um, I love getting these teas from the company Ticino and they basically make like caffeine free teas and coffees and they have some with adaptogens. And then also I really love moon juice and I drink their cosmic cocoa and that has adaptogens in it. And if you want to link it down below too, I have um, a $15 off coupon that people can use on their first moon juice order. So that's really fun too. But their Cosmic Cocoa is like the bomb. I have given up drinking regular hot cocoa because of their, it's called Cosmic Cocoa. Love that. Love that. Yeah. I feel like the adaptogens can be really intimidating, but if you can like, you know, start off with something like hot cocoa that's like really easy to drink and you're just like okay I could just drink this at night or in the morning or midday whenever um it can be really easy to start like exploring that little area I love that um what's another adaptogen that you think is like necessary for people to have I love them all so much it's so <laughs> hard to choose um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say cacao because it is my favorite I also really love reishi because it's very calming for the body and I like to drink it before I get my period. It helps my body feel like calmer 
I used to get really anxious before my period would come. And then I started drinking that and that's helped me kind of like just feel really easy before I get my period. Love that. I was just listening to a podcast about the healing powers of cacao. That's so interesting. Um, Sarah, that I was on her podcast and she has an episode as well. I think, um, well, never mind. You guys are like way behind in the episodes. But anyways, she was in February. Um, if you guys go listen to her podcast, Sarah D'Angelo, The Embodied Woman, she um, she has a whole episode about this. And so if you guys are interested, I would definitely go check that out. Um, last question is, if you were not doing this as a job, if you were not doing your life's work, what would you be doing? I'm going to be honest. I would probably be a homemaker. And that's still something that I embody in my life outside of this work. I find it really fulfilling to take care of the home and to cook and clean. And I want a really big family. I want lots of children. Um, It makes me very fulfilled. So if I weren't doing this work, I feel like it would just be, I would still be carrying out the things I already do in my life, just without a business and, you know, this kind of setup. I love that. I love that. I actually really had to lean into that too. Um, because I really do love doing that stuff. And um, my husband's very old school. So it was a really big struggle for me to like say that I actually liked doing that stuff and like lean into that feminine energy of like taking care of the home and like providing like that sense of like hominess to our home. And it really is like, it is empowering. And I mean, a lot of people I know and myself included can look at that as um, like, you don't have a purpose or, you know, these are my own thoughts, but I know I've shared them with other women too, is like, we don't have a purpose or you're not driving towards anything, or you're just a homemaker or just a mom. And I just want to say, like, I feel like that is one of the hardest jobs and it is part of as, as a woman especially if you're in a relationship, like it is part of our natural desire a lot of times. And I don't think it's something that we have to resist. Um, And I think we can find a lot of joy in that. And I definitely include it when I like, when I think about all the things that I do as a job, you know, I help my husband's business. I do my own business, but I also include that as part of what I do because I do you know, I call it holding down the fort. Like I do hold down the fort and and that's a whole job in itself. So I love that that's your answer. Okay. That is it for the rapid fire. I will have everything for Katie linked down below for you guys. So you guys can check her out, her programs, everything that we mentioned in this podcast will be in the show notes down below for you guys or on Instagram linked for you at confident AF podcast. I'll also have her linked on over there on Instagram. So you guys can go check her out. If you guys found this episode helpful or informative or inspiring, please share it with a friend. I really hope that anybody can get some great information from this podcast and that they can also share it with someone that they love and that they know can use it. If you guys do share it on Instagram, make sure that you tag both of us as well. We really appreciate that. Thank you, Katie, for coming so much. I really appreciate you. I want to connect with you after we stop the recording to see what we can collaborate on as well. And um, do you have anything else you want to add before we cut it off? I think we're all good. I really enjoyed doing this. Yes. Thank you for coming. I appreciate you giving your time and your information and your expertise. I know everyone here loves it too. So thank you so much. Thank you.
Thank you. And I will see you guys next week.